Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Different Spokes. My name's Matt Smith, and today's guest is Matt Lawhead. He's back on, he's on a trip right now. He's on a five month long trip across the country, doing a different state every month. He's staying there for the whole month, checking it out, feeling it out, seeing if he likes it. And uh, he's doing this with his girlfriend and his dog because they're looking at possible places where they'll move to. Lawhead's not exactly uh, stuck on the East Coast. He's kind of curious. So I uh, decided to pick his brain about it, uh, get some info from him, some tips, some tricks, some travel hacks. And uh, yeah, turned out to be a pretty cool episode. So without further ado, here we go. Travel Cast with Matt Lawhead. Lawhead, welcome to the podcast. What's up? Uh, nice to have you back on again. Um, you decided to embark on a trip of some sort here. Uh, where are yeah. you right now? So right now I'm in St. John's, Portland. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at the map and you're looking at Portland, it's the top left corner, northwest. And there's kind of a river above us. You go over one bridge and then you're in Washington. So wow, we're kind of northwest of downtown and the bulk of what you would call like the actual Portland. Damn. And uh, you're there because you're on a trip right now, basically across I, the country? Kind of. I mean, by definition, I don't know if it's a trip. You know, it's not vacation. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I guess that's the most simple way to describe it. Just a five-month uh, period of time that my girlfriend and I are taking to uh, just check out some new places we haven't been. Sick. Now... You're in Oregon? Yeah, we're in Oregon at the very top. And like I said, you go over one bridge and you're in Washington. Washington's pretty sick, super woodsy, super outdoorsy. Uh, Vancouver had a cool feel to it. Um, We were only up there briefly for one day, kind of hiked a bit, hit a brewery, and then checked out climbing gym on the way back down. Anything like trying to go over the bridge is basically impossible from three o'clock to like six o'clock it uh-huh. just gets slammed i mean it's like trying to go into philly on 76 uh, i mean it's that packed and busy damn yeah vancouver's in canada right no so there's vancouver washington at the bottom of washington and then north of washington right over the water i think is vancouver canada i don't have the map right in front of me but mm-hmm. i think that's how it is jesus yeah. That's confusing. I know. I know. Now, so let's let's get started into like why you why you're doing this trip. You guys are just exploring and seeing what works for you. Yeah. Jeez, uh, where do I even start? So basically, uh, my girlfriend was living with one of her friends who broke up with her ex, like her significant other and then needed to pay the mortgage on the house. And it was right at the same time that my girlfriend was looking to move out of a house that her cousin owned that she had been living in. So the stars kind of aligned and she said, you know what, I'm gonna move out of this house, move in with you, we'll both pay the mortgage. And it was kind of a win-win. So I was, you know, without dancing around it, I was basically living with my girlfriend in Morgantown. Um, She was there for a year and then, uh, 
her friend actually sold the house. So that was kind of in the works. Like the last couple months they had house showings and mm-hmm. they had it on the market and stuff. Um, but originally, like originally my girlfriend was only going to be there for a year and then it was up in the air. We didn't exactly know what we were doing. And, uh, we kind of got the idea. We talked about this for a while and then it just seemed like all the cards kind of came into play. It was going to work out. Um, and the more we talked about it, we were just like, we didn't know if we wanted to commit to a year lease. Mm -hmm. We didn't know where we wanted to live. I kind of hadn't been happy with Chester County, even though my work was there, I just didn't really want to live there. Um, she was looking to get out of Berks County, even though I could see settling in Berks. I mean, at the same time though, like ultimately I don't know how long I would want to be there. And the idea of committing to a year lease, um, it's just, it seemed like a lot. So we kind of had the idea of, uh, we had traveled a bunch over the past like year and a half and stayed at Airbnbs. And we knew that if you booked an Airbnb for a month, mm-hmm. you got a 30% discount in most cases. Oh, wow. And once we, once we really looked at it, booking an Airbnb and paying that rent for a month was equivalent to living somewhere desirable at home, you know, a Westchester, a Phoenixville, wherever, like, yeah, you could pay cheaper rent, living in Berks County somewhere, but, uh, then you're not really buying anything. You're not in the mix. You're kind of remote. Mm -hmm. So we just said like, Hey, she works remotely. Um, that's another thing I I should probably kind of get into like, yeah, yeah. My, so I work, I work for a flooring company. I like manage the daily operations of the flooring company. What happened was the guy that I worked for, for about a year, um, sold that location to a guy in Maryland and I worked, I went from Kennett square down to Maryland. I was in Maryland for like three months and the commute was just too much. I was driving over an hour, like an hour and 20 minutes one way every day. And it just sucked. So I, uh, there was a territory above my old territory that kind of had a lot of Chester County. And I started talking to that owner and she said, yeah, you know, come work for me. And that worked out really well. And we kind of like, since I've been at that job, I realized I could do everything remotely. Mm-hmm. Like almost I can do 95% of my stuff remotely. So I kind of proposed like, Hey, my girlfriend's lease is up. We're looking to leave. Like, could I still stay on and work remotely? And we worked it out and she said, hell yeah. Like I want to keep you on. Um, and it worked out for everybody. So I'm able to work, do all my same stuff from the computer. My girlfriend works remotely. And ultimately that's what led us travel and still work full-time so yeah that's kind of a long long-winded response but that's what makes it possible yeah definitely that's that's part of the nuts and bolts that's making this possible you know so it's good to explain that Mm -hmm. um so you're in oregon now and what's what's it been like so far there because you've been there since the beginning of july yeah we got here i think the first or the second or we got into Oregon, I think, on the first and got into this house on the second. But um, I guess because we're here in July, it's not the rainy, like nonstop rain days on end that you see or hear about. Mm-hmm. It really only we had one heavy storm and it was mostly at night. Um, it might drizzle every morning or like mist a little bit. But, you know, if we're just here in a good month, I guess. Um, so we've had amazing weather like I was talking to my dad this morning and he said, Oh, it's going to be in the nineties at home. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, it's in the sixties here. 
Wow. Um, now, granted, that's in the morning, but uh, it barely hits 80 and then doesn't really go below, I don't know, the 60s right now. Um, and then even the humidity is half of that home. Like, I've been hearing you guys in the group chat talk about it, like hearing my parents talk about all the rain and humidity at home, the flooding. Like, yeah. I just don't – I don't miss that one bit. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, we're like I have I have my whole little outline thing that you sent me, and I tweaked it and added stuff. So I'm trying to make sure I cover everything. Sick. Um, yeah, the weather, the weather is comparable to like an early spring Pennsylvania, where you're like transitioning out of winter yeah. into spring is what I would equate it to. Um, wow. Riding, riding scene is is real solid. I don't know if you just saw that. Uh, Nate Richter, we made it. Edit, did you see that? There was like no, edit, a B, a B sides. Mm-mm. I haven't seen. Um, <clears throat> that was super accurate of downtown and like in more of the city mix. Like that edit, um, I actually saw some spots from there that uh, I recognized. But that was cool to see right at the same time as me getting here. Um, I have a skate park, literally like five minutes from the house. That's pretty solid. You saw pictures of it. Yeah. Um, and then really within a half hour, I have like four more parks just driving distance right from the house. At home, the closest park you were really looking at 45 minutes to get to. I guess Ephrata yeah. was the closest one at home. Other than the DSP park. Man, I don't even count DSP. <laughs> the Coatesville <laughs> spot was better than DSP to me. Like, yeah. I just, I couldn't get on it. I don't know. We should Maybe touch base on that. Like walking <clears throat> distance. What's that? The... I was saying maybe if I lived walking distance from DSP or could like pedal from the house, I would go, but right. it wasn't worth me driving from Morgantown to DSP. I think we should touch base on, on that a second about the Coastville spot that it's, it's since we last podcasted about it, it's gone. Do you think the podcast blew up the spot? No, no, not at all. It was, so I, I haven't even been in there and like somebody from our group chat might know, like, I don't know if anybody actually walked in there. But really, the property is just occupied now. Mm. You know, I don't know if they tore any of the stuff down, but there's like trucks and I don't know if it's like highway construction equipment or like landscape equipment, but just stuff in there. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if they're using like the flat spot of storage or what, but um, I really, between me being in Morgantown and going to Westchester, like I really wasn't in Coatesville daily like i used to be so i really didn't, didn't get a chance to check it out um it had a good run though you know i'm happy like mm-hmm. I, I don't think it was even seeing a lot of use at this point yeah um like out of our crew i don't really know who was hitting it up that much and probably just wasn't seeing a lot of action that's kind of crazy because of, of all things it was like flat rail heaven oh yeah and so- even the quarter like I know it's a little little on the old school side, but the quarter to sub, that was so fun. You know, I could ride that for plenty of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it had, like, the sub box to it and everything. Yeah. Um, so what's the what's the culture like there so far? Like, you said, I've seen you had some, some crazy beers and some shit. Like, are the, what's it like there? Uh, it's, it's solid. I mean, it's all around good. Um, I think there's so many people here that aren't from here that it's just such a collective mix of almost everybody i talk to is from somewhere else Mm -hmm. so that's pretty that's pretty interesting um 
probably the wildest thing culture-wise here is the homeless population. I mean, I thought there were homeless in Philly. It's wild how it is here. Um, Just like tent cities, like tents all over the place. And then I guess there aren't any parking zoning regulations. Like you can just park here and leave your vehicle. Wow. Um, So, so yeah, I mean, there's RVs just parked up on the side of the road that don't move. Um, And then there's every possible stage of somebody living out of a car from like Del Sol, you know, like teeny tiny car up through full size RV, just parked anywhere all over the place. Wow. Um, And then like downtown, I mean, you just see people laying on the sidewalk, absolutely nothing, just sprawled out. Uh, all the way up through like little tarp houses mm-hmm. on the sidewalk, and you know you just I you didn't see that really in Baltimore. You didn't see it in Philly so much, but here it's it's everywhere. Do you think that's the um, weather? Is it what? Do you think it's weather related? Like it's since it's so nice there. Uh, if you were homeless, you might go there. I mean, so my girlfriend and I talk about it because we see it everywhere we go, yeah. and. We think like, Gene, like you're getting rained on all the time. You're getting rained on nine months out of the year. But we Googled it, and really the weather doesn't go below like 40s mm-hmm. on average. And then I think we Googled the snow, and it said like three to four inches of snow a year, and it normally falls in one storm. Wow. So it's super mild. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you don't mind being a wet bum, like you're not going to be that cold. You're not going to be that hot. <laughs> Damn. And you just finished. Is there anything else going on in Oregon? Did you have any like, did you see any of the Antifa shit? Anything like that happening? No, we didn't. I've never heard anybody say it out loud. So <laughs> that's the first time I heard somebody say it. I didn't even know how to say it. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't know. I don't know any of that stuff. I see it on World Star from time to time, but I really don't even know what it is or like, I don't know. No, I, like the the people are chill. The people are cool. Like I said, mostly transplants. It seems like um, everybody's willing to talk to you. Like mm-hmm. they're fairly outgoing. Um, people at the skate park always chatted up. I would, it was kind of funny. I was talking to one skater, and he was like, "Oh man, are you from Baltimore?" And I was like, "What?" I said, "Well, Pennsylvania." He said, "Oh yeah, I can hear the accent." So hmm. I'm like, you know, thinking, "Great, I sound like I'm from Baltimore." It just kind of made me laugh. But uh, <laughs> that's where he was from. So uh, he came out here. He said he was here for four years. Uh, There's another guy that I think he, like, sleeps in his car at the skate park. And he's from Arizona. He's been all over the place. So it's just always something different, somebody from some other place. Yeah. Damn. And uh, you just came from Utah. Did you want to go back and touch on that, or is there more you want to? I would say, like, the big Utah thing is just, the accessibility of the outdoors we have the beach an hour and a half away um we went out the oregon beach is epic you know just crazy big rocks all kinds of starfish and like sea creatures just chilling everywhere uh you know you go to jersey and it's like a mile of sand and a you know cloudy water Mm -hmm. um here it's nice blue water just totally different um we go hiking and it's like something out of Jurassic Park. You know, it's the moss all over the trees. It's the ferns up to your neck. You know, you just 
I never had that at home. It was something I'd only seen in movies until I got out here. Damn. So it seems like a pretty cool place, pretty cool state. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it like, lives up to what I had heard and expected, mm-hmm. but even better because there's no rain in July. Um, so you guys yeah, picked a perfect month. Yeah, yeah. If you want to get into Utah, dude, Utah was eye-opening. Um, I listened to the beer porn Tanner Nelson podcast yesterday and uh really like paid attention to what he was saying and uh it was funny because you know with him being born and bred there he really downplayed the beer laws (laughs) so i like coming from pa the alcohol and beer laws were wild you know it was so goofy like i'll really break it down so you only had beer so they considered beer that like we would call it man where do i even start so you had beer that was 4% or less, mm-hmm. and that was like their standard. That was what you could get in grocery stores. That's what you got um, in restaurants in a lot of cases. And anything above 4%, you had to buy at the liquor store. So, so I mean, they had to the, me, the, like – So they had heavy ahead. IPAs, but they were just at the liquor store. Yeah, and they were like few and far between mm-hmm. because you're not allowed to have a keg in Utah over 4%. Uh, so that was super interesting. So even if you went to a bar or you went to a restaurant with a liquor license, you couldn't get a draft double IPA like you would at home. Right. Um, wow. But, uh, you know, it's like I'm not really – I'm not a beer snob but like i want something with taste and i'm not really interested in something below like seven percent you know like <laughs> i want flavor i want to buzz off of what i'm drinking so um it's just hard to get um you can get oh man i want to make sure i keep it straight so you can go to a restaurant and you can get a four percent or higher beer but the restaurant has to open it for you it has to be from a can or a bottle and you're not allowed to stand with it. Huh. <laughs> um, when wow. you go to a bar, you can't get a draft drink over 4%, I think. Um, and then like liquor, I think it was you were only allowed to have one shot of liquor per type. So if you had a shot of vodka, you couldn't have another one, but you could get a shot of bourbon. That is and then, really strange. And then you could get a shot of whiskey. So yeah, it was just super weird um i guess that's some people that take shots only take shots of certain stuff i guess and maybe that i i i guess it's just that heavy mormon uh and so they abbreviated as like lds but it was the church of the latter-day saints Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like not quite amish and mennonite at home but similar just less of a less polarized you know not as extreme on both ends Mm -hmm. um so that was interesting you know the government and township and all that they're still heavily influenced by that um we actually had an lds neighbor and uh he was polite but like didn't really want to talk to us didn't really want to socialize his daughter was honestly really weird um (laughs) we had a little like four foot chain link fence in between the houses and our dog Winnie went out the little girl was like swinging on her swing looking at Winnie and Winnie was like up at the fence like wiggling her butt like you know wagging her tail real hard and wanted the little girl to like come over and initiate something and this little girl like 
straight out of a horror movie, just keeps swinging on her swing, staring at Winnie. Like, it was so bizarre. Wow. Didn't talk. <laughs> we were like, oh, she's friendly. You can say hi. The little girl didn't even acknowledge us. Just dead stared at the dog. Like, I don't know. Just stuff like that. Like, they weren't Weird. super personable. Yeah. That's so strange. Oh, I got another thing. I yeah. found something else. Oh, <laughs> so shit. Going back through, chopping up, add this in somewhere else. So, the okay. Utah Ogden riding spots... It was wild how many things were capped already. Really? So when Beer Porn was talking about the Utah spots, he nailed it in, like, there's no spots. And anything that you can make into a spot isn't a banger spot. Mm -hmm. Um, Ledges are capped. Rails are capped. um, Out there, schools are completely flat. It was the weirdest thing. So if you're looking for spots in Ogden and Salt Lake, like at home – I'm used to you go to schools, and schools are probably going to have spots. Well, in Ogden, Utah, the schools are flat. You go to churches. Like there's a good chance churches are going to have some kind of unique <laughs> architecture Holy that's going to be rideable. Um, but, yeah, when he said there's no spots, everything is either capped, non-existent. The skate parks are pretty dated. Yeah, he nailed it with – Utah was hard to ride. Like I feel like I've ridden so much more in Portland. Uh, the spots are way more prevalent. The parks are better. Yeah. Damn. Another another turn off from Utah was just the lack of spots. Like I didn't really get to creep through Salt Lake that much. Yeah. But Ogden was just pretty sparse. Damn. That's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For the next time, uh, everybody's in Utah. Yeah. I don't know if we touched on it, but like on this trip, you're planning on doing a different state each month, and that's yeah, where so, Utah came yeah. from. Yeah. Um, what actually? So I didn't even talk about it yet. The birth of this trip kind of came from uh, my girlfriend Laura had a coworker who has a couple rental properties in Lake Lake Tahoe, and we were going to go stay on one of at one of her rental properties. I guess she was a moving a tenant out. And not, he hadn't, like, trashed the place, but they had a lot of, like, repairs and remodeling stuff they had to do. And they couldn't have a normal tenant in there paying rent because the remodeling stuff. So we said, oh, we'll come stay. And, you know, she said, Matt can even help with the repairs and stuff. So originally that was what we were going to go do. We were going to live in this, like, middle of a project uh, house. And uh, we were all set to do that. We said, you know, we're going to turn this into a longer trip. We pulled the trigger on Portland. We pulled the trigger on Boise. Um, I don't know if we had done Michigan at the time, but uh, we had all this other stuff set up. And her coworker came back and said, I had a, she either had like a flood or mold at another one of her properties. And she had to move those tenants into the house we were going to stay in. Mm -hmm. So we had booked Portland and booked uh, Boise and you can't get a refund. You know, you committed to it for a month. So we were kind of like, ah, oh, you know, what are we going to do? We have to figure something out. And I got on Airbnb and searched, like, not quite the whole country, but, I mean, I searched everywhere. And kind of as, not a joke, but just out of curiosity, I was like, oh, I'm going to look at Salt Lake City. And there was actually a bunch of stuff that you could get for a whole month, even with it being such short notice. Mm-hmm. And Ogden came up. So that was where we were for a month was Ogden, which is like 45 minutes north of salt lake city and 
we scoped out the area, like checked out the map. I looked for a skate park. We looked for a climbing gym, everything that we wanted. We had hiking like five minutes from the house. And my girlfriend and I were like, yeah, you know, let's do Ogden. And that was where that came from. Um, I had been in the southern part of Utah a few years back. I drove cross country and I, I had a, a mental vision or like image of southern Utah. And it was like super deserty. I did Arches National Park, like that kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, you know, I had a good time in Utah then. Granted, it's like dry, deserty, sunny, but for a month, let's do it. Let's check it out. Like, uh, I guess I hadn't really got gotten into, but the whole purpose of the five-month trip was to scope out areas we thought maybe we could potentially see ourselves like living in in the future and settling down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you hear about, I, I think uh, Beer Point even talked about skiing in uh, – Utah up towards Salt Lake it's just phenomenal so we were like okay you know if we could have awesome skiing for half the year like maybe we could see uh staying here so that was part of why we scoped that out and it was on the list mm-hmm. so it's a five-month trip and it's a different state each month and you you decided to go drive all the way out west and then work your way back east kind of kind of so everybody gives us a hard time because we're going from we went from Utah up to Portland and then over to Boise, and that pretty much made sense. Then we're going to Michigan. We're going to be in the Upper Peninsula, mm-hmm. so the upper half we're going to be like just outside of Marquette. But then we kind of go back to Colorado Springs in Colorado, and then we go back to PA. So we do backtrack a little bit, but um, we had to do Michigan at that time because that was the only time they had a 30-day mm-hmm. chunk gotcha. available for the Airbnb. Yeah. Damn. Was there any other weirdness in Utah other than the creepy neighbors? Um, not, we were, we were in Ogden. So Ogden, oh man, Ogden's kind of like maybe up and coming. I don't want to say it had rough areas, but we had a, uh, kind of like a halfway house, not a rehab, but we had something like right down the street from us oh, and uh yeah. it just wasn't a big income demographic in that area like there were super nice areas um ultimately there wasn't really any nightlife i think the school there was pretty conservative like you know immaculata at home uh it sounds familiar but i don't really know kind of, you know it's just not your publicly funded state school frat party school like it was just more conservative so gotcha. it was like you didn't really have a school with kids with disposable income pumping money into a downtown scene or something. Mm-hmm. Damn. We just, you know, I, I, I describe it as like, I had a really good time, but I don't think I'll go back anytime soon. Mm-hmm. It just didn't have what I'm looking for. And it was ultimately too alien from Pennsylvania, just too, too different. Like, right. right. It, it was weird not seeing green all the time time like not that, not that i need that but at home you grow up with like green trees everywhere and always seeing big forests so it was weird to have a desert all the time yeah now is it kind of weird or not weird it, um have you thought about maybe maybe one of the places that you find maybe you like it but maybe you only like it for like five years or ten years and not like we're definitely gonna stay here forever have you thought about have you thought it in the short term sense kind of I yeah I know exactly what you mean and it is tough because you 
we want to settle down somewhere where we have plenty of stuff to do for X amount of years. Uh, where I'm at in Chester County, Pennsylvania, I feel like I've exhausted so much of the things to do within a solid, I mean, three hour radius minimum mm-hmm. that like back to kind of why we ultimately wanted to leave and check things out. We just felt like at home, we were at the point where to do anything fun or out of the ordinary or new, we needed a three day weekend. We were doing a five hour drive, a six hour drive, um, to get anywhere like cool or new. And then really to go away on vacation, we had to fly somewhere. Mm. Um, so like I, I keep harping on skiing, like we're big, we're big skiers at home. You had bear Creek. That was like an hour away. Bear Creek is super beat. I mean, it's like the DSP of skiing. (laughs) Um, and then past that you had the Poconos like two hours away. This past season was so bad. Um, like I rent my skis every year. I never really pulled the trigger on buying my own, Mm -hmm. uh, setup. I lost money because we just couldn't go enough because the, uh, resorts couldn't keep enough snow, couldn't keep the runs open. It was just a washout. Wow. Uh, we went to New Hampshire for a long weekend and we had a blast, but again, you're driving six hours, you're going away for a long weekend. Ultimately quality skiing isn't the most accessible in Southern, if you live in Southern Pennsylvania. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. So you guys are just kind of exploring and seeing what's out there. And I, I need to get out more, man. That's what, you're giving me the bug. I see. I've, I've had that, you know, I've, I've always had that since, uh, me, Bobby K, who else was it? Like Nick miles. We did our first road trip when we were 18, we went down to Virginia and it was just like, ever since then, my Avenue for the longest time was okay. Riding trip. I'm going to go away. We're going to see how far we can go, go somewhere different every time. And then that kind of evolved into, I drove cross country like four or five years ago. And then I, I totally had it. I went out. I stayed with a buddy in Colorado. We were in Golden, Colorado. I, and I was like, this is the... Oh, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I don't remember ever hearing about this. Yeah, I did that. Do you remember when it was like three weeks before the last Texas toast? Because mm. um, I took off like a shit ton of time from work. But I basically drove cross country. I went from PA... Uh, stayed with a buddy in Colorado and then I stayed with my aunt and uncle in California and then I came back and stayed with friends in Virginia like yeah that's right by home but um, just kind of did a big oval loop around the whole country and that was what set me on fire like I was just like okay there's so many awesome places I want to go like I need to get a new job (laughs) I need to make more money like Mm -hmm. that was the catalyst that really got me going Um, wow that's cool just to see more places and see what's out there now like maybe this is a sidebar but like when you're at home with with your chick are you like always searching stuff like like a new trail or a new climbing gym because like maybe i'm just too caught up doing yeah work to even think of that shit but i feel like i don't even look for stuff to do sometimes i'm i'm never not looking like i'm just always like I'm on Instagram I'm like googling stuff uh, depending on the time of the year I'm looking up stuff to do like what kind of out- outdoor stuff we can do um, 
you know, I'll have times where I might find a riding spot mm-hmm. and I'll build a trip around that with like girlfriend and dog activities, <laughs> but then also have the riding spot I want to go to. Yeah. Um, that sounds yeah, like a fun thanks. compromise. Yeah. It's kind of like I'm always LFSing and always looking for new stuff with that. It just kind of evolved into where can I go away next? What can we access on a three day weekend or do we need a whole month? Like just kind of depends on what's going on in our lives and what's possible at the time. Damn. That's so cool. Um, the next state is Idaho. Yeah, Boise, Idaho. So they just had some kind of X Games there. I was talking to BK, and I was like, oh, yeah, you're going to have to send me some spots. I saw him riding riding there a bit. So where we're at, um, there's a skate park again, like eight minutes away. I don't know what it's called. It's the one under the bridge that's covered. It, it looks wild. Um, we have climbing gym, I think, within like 12 minutes. And then – um, there's all kinds of like outdoor activities just outside of the city. So again, it's somewhere that's super accessible, um, on like a daily and weekend level based on the size, like based on the length of what you want to do and the duration of what the activity is. Yeah. I mean, again, to put into, into perspective at home, we had a 25 minute drive to the gym. Uh huh. So like you get done work, you cook dinner, you beat from work. And then ultimately you're kind of like, do I want to drive an hour round trip to go to the gym and like sweat my ass off or, you know, whatever. You mean climbing Um, gym or like real gym? Climbing gym. I've never been to a real, I've never been to a real gym in my life. (laughs) Yeah. The climbing gym at home was in Coatesville and we were in Morgantown. So it was like a 25 minute drive. But uh, now it's half the distance and you're going from, uh, what can I compare it to? So you're going from a Lebanon YMCA to like York now kind of would be a good equivalent. That's a half Does that hour. Make sense? Like, like your trip to the gym, to the climbing yeah, gym. Yeah. So at, at home, at home at the Coatesville gym was like the Lebanon YMCA. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then the gym we have now is like York. Oh, okay, so gotcha. Riding wise, you know, I'm trying to put it into perspective for you to like know how much better the climbing gym is compared to at home. Yeah, some Pennsylvania perspective. <laughs> yeah, the hometown imagery. <laughs> I feel like you started saying yins more in the group chat now that you've you've been gone on this I really, trip. I really, I feel like I feel like I just say it to like get somebody to get pissed off. Like, why is Matt always saying that? Like, I don't know, <laughs> I be like ob- obnoxious. I don't know. I'm no reason to say it now the idaho is like in the middle that's like the midwest right like straight up i don't know if that quite falls into the midwest but it's not the pacific northwest either it's like in that transition area where i don't think it's super wet but it's also not too dry um where do they have uh, go ahead you go you go i'm sorry I was going to say Boise was one of the places that my girlfriend picked. Like she wanted to do uh, the okay. Sawtooth Mountains are right there. There's a ton of hot springs, all kinds of stuff like that. Oh, shit. So that was more that was more like on her radar where I picked some of the other places. Yeah, that's really cool. Do you, do you know where they have uh, the Gathering of the Juggalos? 
Oh man, I used to know that. I would I would know the town if you said it, but I know what you're talking about. I know what it is. I don't know where they have it though. I forget. That would be the best time ever. That <laughs> has to be so entertaining, and Do you, you'd see some wild stuff there. You have to go in face paint, or else they would think you're just an army trying to make fun of them. Dude, I'll be bald with face paint and no shirt on. Like I would fully, <laughs> I would embrace it. I would go nuts. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Actually, um, actually, I wouldn't even be bald. I would grow my hair out to like a half inch long so I could dye it or cut it real stupid <laughs> and then have the face paint and then just shave it off when I got back. Yeah, that's a smart move. Now, did you guys take – It's not. you said your girlfriend uh, picked Boise. Did you guys kind of take turns and then kind of convince each other on each spot or – It was, it was definitely a collaboration and it was um, – what's the word like we're trying to be as like objective and functional as possible um my whole life i've heard good stuff about the pacific northwest like i pushed for portland i just knew we had to get out there we both had never even been to oregon Mm -hmm. so that felt like a definite one um seattle felt like it was too far north and portland was kind of like just right like you just always hear about portland like i've always seen riding stuff um so that was what I pushed for. Uh, Utah, like I said, was kind of a backup like that. I just pulled out of thin air to uh, make up for losing the Lake Tahoe mm-hmm. house. Um, the Michigan, so we're going to be in Scandia, Michigan. It's like 15 minutes from Marquette. That I ultimately picked. Um, just seeing, like straight up seeing Trent Lutzke's, however you say his last name, his Instagram stuff, like where he's from. I was like, Michigan looks awesome. Like Michigan just looks so good. And then uh, my dad's parents went to, they did Michigan, they did Mackinac Island and they like raved about it. So they just talked so highly of it that thinking about those things, I was like, we might as well go up there. You know, I don't know if we'll ever live there, but uh, it's worth checking out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If we had the opportunity and we needed somewhere, that was a place that we found that worked. Um, We're actually going to be in – it's kind of like a bi-level house that's bisected vertically. Uh And we have one side of the house and then somebody else lives on the other side of the house. So uh, that was open for 30 days. So we just decided to pull the trigger on that. Damn. Um. Like, when we were in Utah, we had a whole house to ourselves. That was pretty cool. We had a little yard. Um, I don't even know what to put into perspective as. I don't know, kind of like a little beaver cleaver house, a little one-story with a with an unfinished basement and, like, a little tiny quarter-acre yard. Um, was Utah really the, flat? So, we, I mean, we, we had snow-capped mountains right in our backyard. Um, the valley was flat. If you went south into Salt Lake, yeah, it was totally flat, and you could see for miles everywhere. But we had the mountains right there too. Yeah, I remember one of Beer Porn's like um, photos, or maybe it was one of your shots of like the skate park and a beautiful mountain in the background. Oh yeah, that was the skate park that I had probably 15 minutes from the house. Damn, that's what's up. Yeah, it's it's wild to see a snow-capped mountain in june you know we we don't even really have mountains in pennsylvania so to have one with snow on it in june we have mountains in pa you're just over there dude we you're over there in fuckville real mountains in pennsylvania the appalachian mountains aren't real mountains 
They're just kind of like rolling hills. <laughs> yeah, they're just like big hills. Like if there's if there's still trees on the top, I don't know if it's a mountain. <laughs> interesting, I mean? interesting. It's a cool yeah. way to put it. Damn. Um, but I was I was getting to like the setup of the house we're in now. It's one house. Um, we have the house you have now in in uh, Oregon, Portland. Okay, yeah, in Portland. So it's like kind of a big house so it's it's two floors the bottom floor the tenants live there year round mm-hmm. um they rent year round and then the top floor we have probably two-thirds of it and then there's another apartment that there's people in there and uh the landlord doesn't rent for less than a month at a time so you do airbnb you can get a month i think you get better quality tenants when you rent you know when you rent that way yeah, and then, and then I don't know how much you've really ever dove into Airbnb. One I tried a little bit. That kills you yeah. is the cleaning fees. Like you get on Airbnb and you search around, and you might find somewhere that's a thousand bucks for a month. So you're like, okay, I want to stay here. It's a thousand bucks for a month. You click on it, and then it gives you the fee breakdown. It'll legit add like five hundred bucks. Really? And then you, and then you look at the breakdown, and you're like, oh my god, okay, cleaning fee, service fee occupational fee pets like it just adds all this stuff on and it's like okay well that was a total bait and switch yeah because it went from a grand and added 50 percent just in fees yeah um one of the things that was cool about the last house we were at it was pet friendly um which by the way automatically adds like i don't know 25 percent to your airbnb cost mm-hmm. but um the guy didn't have a cleaning fee his name was andy so we were always talking about andy so it was like as clean as we kept the place, he wouldn't charge us with a cleaning fee. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kept that place immaculate. You know, we were like always cleaning up everything because we didn't we didn't want to get hit with that fee. That was kind of a conditional fee if we left the place a mess. Yeah. Now I tell t- tell me a little bit about Airbnb. Is that what you use for all of this? All of these places. Yeah. Okay, because I yeah. tried signing up for okay, I signed up for Airbnb, and Leanne and I were looking at stuff, and I was looking for like a, a night or two stay, mm-hmm. but um, it was like the people were still going to be there. Like you... okay, so when you have Airbnb, there's all kinds of filters. When you go on the website, okay, you have to turn the filters on and off, all kinds of stuff. Um, oh. well, Airbnb, if you were to compare it to like a Craigslist. Airbnb has like a really high level of accountability. So if you like, we use my girlfriend's profile and she has reviews from everywhere that she's stayed. Yeah. So every landlord like left her a review. And then when you click on the landlord, every tenant left the landlord a review. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like you want to maintain, say, you know, five out of five stars, whatever, however you want to equate it to, you want to maintain that quality profile um so if you go on a craigslist you might find somewhere that's literally half the price but what level of responsibility and accountability do you really have right you know that tenant might be some fucking weirdo you might sign or you might show up and have something be completely different than advertised or whatever but airbnb has all those standards that it holds everybody to 
Now, so you um, you just check the box on the filter that it's like nobody's home kind of thing? So, so yeah, yeah. I just gave you this real long ramble. So my girlfriend no, has been it. in like every type of Airbnb. She used to travel a lot for work. And you can do um, you can do literally just a private room, a private suite, or entire house. Oh. So there's people that they live in their house. You walk in their front door and you sleep in a room. Um, you know, yeah. like picture your guest room upstairs. Exactly, yeah. That's it would what be I'm, yeah. somebody walking in your front door while you and Leanne are just chilling, doing your thing, and they sleep in that bedroom. I mean, and then they and then they leave. <laughs> That's one way to make money, I guess. Yeah, and then you have you have another thing where like picture your garage. Say you converted your garage into an apartment. Yeah. So somebody walks in your garage door, they sleep in your garage, and then they leave. That's like the next layer of it. And then the layer that my girlfriend and I are at is we walk into the house and we have control of the entire space. Do you like have it's to, just us. It's just you guys. Now, do you have to yeah. build up your reputation before you can even get a whole house? So I think when you're staying for an entire month, you do. Because we, we read about the landlords real hard. You know, uh-huh. We'll go like a year back reading what people had to say like – um, what kind of issues they ran into, like, I don't know, just anything. Um, like here we had an instance where the AC was leaking real bad. Mm-hmm. It was like the, the water was running back into the house. Um, and we hit up the landlord and we were like, Hey, we don't really know what's wrong. This AC and it's leaking real bad. Can you come take a look at it? And he was out within, I mean, 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And it turned out the AC was the face of it was tilted into the house. So the back end was too high, so instead of it dripping out of the house, the water ran back. But, I mean, my point is, like, yeah. he was here in 24 hours to fix that so yeah. we could keep running the AC. Damn. Now, you mentioned your dog, Winnie. Uh, dude, what's that like? What's that like traveling with the dog and the girlfriend in in the van all the way to Utah? Now you're in, you know, so Oregon. So picture just traveling with the neediness of two girlfriends. <laughs> but no like i mean so she's she's pretty small she's pretty compact she's only 45 pounds that's nice um when we're actually traveling so my van setup is here look hold on i'll tilt real quick so you can see yeah we have all those tubs yeah so like that's all of our shit in those tubs and i set those up in the van um in a way that they're in the back, we have the dog in the middle, and then we have the mattress that I can kind of like fold up and get out of the way. Mm-hmm. So the dog just chills in the back. Um, we kind of tie her up to like the mount of the seat. She chills back there. She's good. Um, when we're traveling from place to place at night, I have to rearrange the whole van. So I take all those tubs from the back and I stack them in like the front seats. And then I kind of make a U around our feet. And then the dog just sleeps with us yeah so she's with us all the time um i I mean she's kind of like a kid like you know super smart like really receptive knows all kinds of tricks like pretty much always knows what you're saying um we've had things where like we can't have her at national parks yeah so those we kind of had to like overlook um and then like i like i mentioned she add like by having a airbnb that allows pets it uh kind of jacks the price up 
quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I'm just grabbing another beer. That's why I'm walking around. Um, <laughs> oh, what was I going to say? Um, and then now it's just stuff like you have to take her out all day long while you're working or like you have her bugging it, like bugging you if you're, if she's getting antsy, you know, whatever. Um, and yeah. then we try to incorporate her with any kind of outdoor activities that we're doing. We try to get her out to like run around. Um, How old is she? She's, she's a year and like three months. So oh. still kind of, still kind of a puppy. Yeah. And wow. then she's an Australian shepherd. So just nonstop psychopath energy, 24 seven, like farm <laughs> dog, just always going at all times. Mm-hmm. Now, did you have any unexpected problems? Like I know you're, you're the kind of guy that really preps before you go on a trip and all that. We talked about the spots and the document protectors and whatnot. Yep. Be, yep. B- being that you can, you can plan accordingly. Did was there any unexpected issues or problems going along? Um, so making it work with all those tubs that I showed you, mm-hmm. moving those around in the van, that is kind of interesting. Um, just to sleep at night, mm-hmm. like. We've basically really only slept in Walmart parking lots when we're driving. Like when we drove out to Utah and then we drove from Utah to Portland, we only camped at an actual campsite one night. The other nights we slept in Walmart parking lots. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that was kind of hard to coordinate was if Airbnb number one ended on the 30th, Airbnb number two might not have been available until the third. Mm. So we needed travel days. Like we need, I think it was like 15 hours to get from Ogden to Portland. So you have one night you're going to sleep in the van. And then the other one, the Airbnb just wasn't available yet. Mm-hmm. So sleeping in the van, moving the tubs around that, like we made it work. Um, that just kind of took some getting used to like you drive all day, you're tired and then you have to rearrange the van to move everything. Yeah. Those are a and lot then of tubs. you like can't drive anywhere else once you rearrange like you're settled for the night because yeah. all your shit is stacked in the front two seats. Yeah, blocking any kind of view you would have had driving. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, but unforeseen stuff. Um, oh, so when I when I left Pennsylvania like a week or two before, I took my van in to kind of get not inspected, but um. I had a dealership do the same, they went through the same checklist they do when they buy a used vehicle before they sell it. Hmm. So they did like, I don't know, like a 30 point inspection. And uh, it was basically fucking pointless. <laughs> um, the only thing they really told me was, hey, you have a small coolant leak that over time you're gonna have coolant, uh, what's the term? Like not tubes, but coolant, what the hell is the word I'm looking for? Coolant. Dude, there's like a fancier automobile car person term. Um, coolant like lines. I don't know. Coolant lines are going to fail over time. Like you have a, a 12-year-old vehicle, you're going to run into issues. Uh-huh. Right now, it's just a drip. So uh, we drove from PA out to Utah. And one day, there was like a whole puddle of coolant under the van. Oh, shit. So I just thought like, here we go. What's this going to be? Like at least they warned me the lines would fail eventually. Um, when I talked to the dealership, I said, well, can you just replace them? And they said, well, it's, it's expensive to replace everything. It's better to do like case by case, like replace them as they fail. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, you know, that'll be cheaper. I'll just wait till that happens. 
I was at a skate park the one day and I went to get my water bottle out of the van and I just saw like this puddle coming out. Oh, so I, I, I panicked right away. You know, I'm just so used to not having the best vehicle history. Um, I took it to a local shop and they couldn't get it to leak again. Huh. So they like couldn't get it to leak. And I was just like, what the fuck's going on? So I basically kept an eye on it for like two weeks. And finally it leaked again. I filmed where it was coming from and I took it back to the same shop and I said, Hey, this is where it's coming from. You know, I think this is it. And they said the heater core, uh, heater core failed. So that was like pretty expensive. It was nice that my girlfriend and I split it, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that sucked. Cause like I budgeted for this trip. I budgeted what it was going to be to pay rent, pay for groceries, pay my school loans, like pay all my shit. Um, and I factored in like emergency money, but I didn't expect to jump into that the first month of the trip. Yeah. So that was a little demotivating to like already lose X amount. And it's like, okay, that was budgeted for emergencies. Hopefully nothing else comes up. Wow. Damn. Um, and I guess like other stuff, like just working around the dog, you know, like, I might not have to stop to take a piss, but like the dog's whining in the back, you know, or, or what, like, I don't know, just things like that. Like yeah. you're constantly taking a third entity into account when you're doing things. Right. Um, what else? <laughs> I, it's, hold on, hold on. I have this on my, I have this on my, uh, outline. Um, oh, the mail. So mailing coordination, like oh, you yeah. wanted to send me those shirts and I was like, okay, shit, you have to mail these no later than this date because it might not make it to the house. Yeah. Um, so just different things I've had mailed. Like I got new tires. I got some other stuff just trying to coordinate that. Cause like if it didn't make it here in time, it would be some whole shit show of reaching out to that company. Like, Oh, I have a new address now, you know, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. That would just be a pain in the ass. Um, and I guess like, you know, on a real level, like my girl and I, we fight, like we fight about stuff. Like <laughs> it is, it is like, it's not a high stress situation, but you have this amount of time. Mm-hmm. You want to accomplish this. You're still working your full-time job. Like some days we get stuck at work late. Um, that might cut into something we wanted to do. It might rain one day. And it's like, we just really want to maximize our time here yeah. and be as productive as possible you know there and there's just like little things like fighting about the dishes or like oh, that's just like normal life stuff yeah you have to take that into account um but you know it's not like deep-seated issues you know it's like yeah. simple stuff like leaving the toilet i don't know you know whatever yeah. like you had a hard day at work i left the toilet seat up i get yelled at you know whatever yeah. um, it's not it's not the end of the world it's the usual but, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the normal grind of yeah. everyday life. You guys lived in a house together for a year before you did this, you said. We we basically did. Like, I was pretty much there six or seven nights out of the week, but I had just left all my stuff at my parents' house. Mm-hmm. Um, because at that house, she only had two rooms. One was the bedroom. One was her office. So it was right. like I couldn't really move my stuff in. Yeah, yeah, I and get then, you. Um, the girl that she lived with, um, she, I, I can't, I can't figure out the percentages in my head right now, but like she charged my girlfriend one percentage 
and then she paid the rest of the mortgage. And if I would have moved in, she would have wanted to split it three ways, but we still would have only had two rooms. So it was like we would have paid X amount more for the same amount of space if I officially moved in. So I see. You so you guys kind of hacked sense. it. So we yeah. Kinda like, we kind of cheated the system a little bit and I never like officially moved all my stuff in yeah. because we didn't want to pay more for the same amount of space. Yeah. So, and how, how long, I mean, this is getting a little personal, but I think it's kind of interesting to explore if you're okay with it. How long were you guys dating before you did started this trip? We, so I guess we were together almost a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm sure, you know, you can relate to this. Like, a year and a half in your 30s is like five years in your 20s. You know what I mean? Like, do you kind of agree with that? Yeah, yeah. It's like time just sped up and you achieve a lot more, a lot faster. And you get to an age where you're not really hitting milestones like you had been. Like when you're in your 20s, it's like, okay, I have to get done school. I have to get a a real job. And like those things Mm -hmm. really affect your relationship but when you already have that shit figured out in your 30s, it's like, okay, that's already taken care of. That's not going to affect or change things moving forward. Mm-hmm. So you're just able to, like, establish. And, like, without being too corny or cliche, like, you know who you are. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're, not, you're not finding yourself or you're not trying to figure things out. It's like, okay, I'm that lawhead. I do this. I do that. This is how I feel. This is how I live. Yeah. That's established. So you're just able to move a little more quickly in your late 20s versus your early 20s yeah now with the trip though it sounds like it's the first time you guys are like fully sharing the kind of experience of we're going to be in this property it's just us you don't have to worry about the roommate it's it's been such a relief to not have Mm -hmm. her old roommate like i i like the old roommate you know she was great but it's weird to live with your landlord like we were using that person's stuff and like it was hers yeah. you know normally if you rent you don't live with the landlord yeah you know you're not seeing the landlord when you walk downstairs in your boxers and you're making coffee or whatever so it's kind of like there's there's a different level of like taking care of of stuff or like being respectful or like accommodating to somebody's wishes that you wouldn't have if it was just you and your significant other in a space. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird dynamic. You know, I, like I said, I mean, do you know many people that it's them and their significant other and they live with the landlord? Not many. Yeah. That's that's kind of a weird or a more, a rare setup to have that. Yeah. And do you think like, um, going through, going through these trials and tribulations of the trip, you guys get to grow together kind of thing. It's like, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. We were, we've always been on the same page with so much, mm-hmm. so that's been really beneficial. And she's super respectful and understanding of like me riding. You know, it's a goofy hobby. Like you introduce that to somebody that's never, never experienced or interacted with a grown man riding a little kid's bike. So it's like somebody that embraces that. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That uh, they're willing to take that on. And it's like I come back to the house. I'm like all bloody or I'm limping or, you know, or whatever. And it's like, she's just doesn't mind one bit. Like it's just rolls with the punches and, uh, you know, she gets it. Or it's like, 
I will be driving somewhere and I'll just whip the van in a U-turn and I'm like, yo, did you see that rail back there? She's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, can I take a picture of it? So it's like, I'll go and like scope something out. And she's just, she's on board. So she's real cool about it. Damn. That's really cool, man. I'm glad it's all working out like that for you. Yeah. Um, do you have any, any projections for the Nate for the next state? And do you have any advice to fellow BMX travelers? Um, so it's, again, it's really, I can really only guess and kind of like think about what I've seen. Like I want to think Boise is going to be awesome. Um, mm. I never really ever considered Idaho for anything before this and before we first started talking about it. So kind of just going to go and see how it is. Like I said earlier, they had the X games, whatever event they had there, like yeah. it must have some kind of riding scene. Um, I actually uh, have you ever heard of the apps? It's called or app called Skate Spots. No. So it's a it's a pretty sick app. I think it's like a dollar. It might be two dollars, and uh, it's the best spot app that I've ever found. So what I'll do is I'll go on that, I'll go on the map, like check out a city, and there's little flags for all the spots. So like I'll go somewhere, like I'll go, and I'll check that spot out. It you know seems like it has a ton of stuff. So I kind of use that to gauge like certain things about certain areas. And that's real helpful. So Boise seems like it's going to be good from a riding aspect. Uh, we have a climbing gym right there, so that's good. Um, it seems like a major city. You know, it seems like it's going to have all the, like, nightlife and, like, good things you'd be looking for somewhere else. Um, yeah. So I like to think it's going to be good. Obviously, you want to have, like, a positive attitude and, like, hope for the best and hopefully accomplish everything you want to do in the course of a month. Yeah, um, and I guess if it doesn't work out that well, you you know it's going to be over in a month too. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like by the time you even realize it's not that great of a place, you're already getting ready to leave. Yeah. Um. So and 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 you know again, like the ultimate goal of the trip is to scope out places like maybe we'll live. So if you figure out right off the bat, like I definitely don't want to come back here. Yeah. You know I'm not worried about traveling here. That's why you cool to check that one off the list. Yeah, that's why you did the trip in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I I mean I picture all good stuff. Um, Michigan's gonna be a little interesting because we're a little more remote, mm -hmm. like outside of Marquette, and I think uh, Munising. I don't even know how to say it. That's kind of like the next town to the east. Um, you don't have a whole lot of like established urban area like if you could even use the word urban i don't know suburban mm -hmm. areas so that'll be the most remote location we'll be at um and then as far as colorado the last month goes like every time that i've been to colorado it's been awesome i have a good time she loves it so hopefully nothing but good stuff and then uh i actually didn't even say yet so the reason we are going back like we wanted to go back for the holidays but then my <laughs> my family's going to a wedding so like they're all leaving for this wedding and they were like we need you to watch the dogs <laughs> so that was like the one thing where like okay that's what we have to go back for is to watch the dogs the first weekend in november and that was kind of like okay we were already going to come back for thanksgiving and then we planned to be home for christmas and then ultimately i mean 2020 january we're hoping to like know where we want to live and know where we want to pull the trigger um even if we don't know for like the next decade, we hopefully will know for the next couple of years. Right. So yeah. again, that's it's ultimately the goal. Now, 
with that said, are you guys looking at it more like, um, would you go and rent a spot out at first and then scope out for houses and try, try and like really scope the market out and find a good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in theory, what we've talked about is, okay, we do this trip, we figure out where we want to live. Even if we, you know, we might go to all these places and say, realistically, we don't see settling in any of these places. We're going to go home. We're going to live in, in Pittsburgh. You know, like say we settle on that. The plan is to like go rent somewhere for a year, scope out the area, figure out like more precisely where we want to live and then pull the trigger ideally on a house you know Mm. like adult moves like trying to move forward and do that um yeah it seems like it's a a nice thing to just have your own house because then you know you can kind of make modifications and do what you want to do exactly yeah yeah exactly like my girlfriend always talks about like oh i want to paint or i want to do this or i want to do that yeah and i totally agree you know i don't want to really have to answer to anybody i'd like to you know if i want to put like garden boxes you know what if i want to have a garden have raised boxes like i want to be able to put that in the front yard and not have a landlord telling me i can or can't do that um but uh yeah it's uh it's not that it's like heavy for the podcast but it's like you try to take adult stuff into mind and you're like okay you know say we have kids somewhere down the line like how are we gonna navigate having that like how are we going to be able to move forward with doing that um like i've seen a lot of people my like throughout my life like you stay close to where you grew up and like you have the help of your parents Mm -hmm. and like they help out with your kid you know or whatever right yeah and it's like okay yeah yeah we move across the country we're not going to have that that network of support that we would have if we stayed somewhere closer to pennsylvania so yeah you have all these factors that it's like what you're trying to take into consideration and trying to plan as much as possible. And like, ultimately, no matter how much you plan, you're still going to have unforeseen things. Like things are still going to work out a certain way. Um, like one of the things like in my head, I kind of thought like, okay, I want to live somewhere like a day's drive from my parents' house. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you can drive 12 or 14 hours in one day, ultimately I want to settle within that proximity of Chester County. I'm looking at the map um, now. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So you can get, um, like I've been talking about Marquette, um, mm-hmm. that's 14 hours from Coatesville at home. Um, wow. So yeah, it's like you try to think about all that stuff. Um, oh, and again, you know, Michigan, I'm hoping you guys come visit to ride. Like I'm really, like I keep bugging Shiloh, I keep bugging Eshan. Like I'm hoping you guys come out. That's going to be the... Uh, the biggest house we're going to have with the most extra sleeping space. Yeah. And then, uh, the Marquette Plaza looks sick. Um, and then you have a college right there. So it's like, fingers crossed. Like I'm hoping it works out. You guys come visit. But anyway, that's like my point of being within driving distance of home would functionally work well for the next like decade or two of life. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, because if like yeah, if you have do have a kid, you want to be able to have that network to kind of help out. And, or exactly, you... like like I hear people talk, you know, people with kids, they talk about like oh daycare costs, you know, or whatever, and they say daycare is so expensive that my wife just stopped working because it's cheaper than sending the kid, you know, or whatever. Right. Yeah. And it's like we're 
we're trying to take all this real life adult stuff into account and try to just cover that, like cover all of our bases moving forward. Yeah. So even, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know. Even, even, uh, kids aside, like even if you wanted to do something to the house, it's nice to have, you know, your dad or like, you know, your girlfriend's brother or somebody, her, her dad exactly. like, help you out. Yeah. Or maybe they know something you don't know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like my girlfriend's always talking about like different remodeling projects and I say, Hey, all the tools that I've used for all this time were ultimately my dad's tools. Yeah. <laughs> so if we move across the country, my whole workshop and all the tools I had access to are back in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So, so really how handy can I be on the West coast with like my riding tools until you build up an inventory? Yeah. It's going to be, a longer shot until you're kind of fully autonomous like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, like like um, I've done like hand. Uh, sorry, I gotta let the dog out real quick. No, okay. um, um, like I've done hands-on like different building projects my whole life, and ultimately like I'm using all my dad's tools, or I'm using like an easy-to-access workshop we have these ideas of like, I consider myself kind of handy, mm-hmm. you know, like I can do a lot of basic stuff, but ultimately if we move away farther, you know, farther than X amount of hours, I don't have access to that stuff anymore. So I'm not handy anymore. I can't accomplish these projects. So it's just another thing in like the whole crazy cornucopia of things to take into consideration yeah. that uh, we're working on. It's, it's interesting too because I used to kind of like look at people I didn't that would settle not far from where they grew up like oh look at those assholes and now I look back on it like a little bit more perspective and I, I'm like what else you, like that makes sense for a majority you, of people you know yeah yeah you have that support network because yeah. ultimately like most of my girlfriend's friends didn't leave you know mm-hmm. or they're within they're within an hour of where they grew up or like where uh, my girlfriend met them, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, you have a kid or whatever, and who's going to babysit your kid if you want to go away for like a long weekend or vacation or whatever? It's probably going to be your parents or a family member. You know, I, I wouldn't think it would be anybody else. Right. So to have access to that would just make things so much easier. Hmm. Yeah. Or else you're downloading some kind of babysitter app and then you're on to a whole other. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> don't know what you're getting into well um, um, but yeah you know it's it's not the most uh like bmx related topic but it's like real things i think for people in their late 20s or early 30s or whatever and it's like anybody that has any insight or whatever like i'm always all ears like what did you do what worked for you what do you recommend because i just don't know mm-hmm. and ultimately like something that i i discovered in life is like Shiloh, Ishan, some of my younger riding friends, they're five and six years younger. I can't even relate to their lives. Like I can't even relate to what they're doing. Like I don't know how this works. I don't know how that works. So like when you think about asking your parents for advice, they're 30 years older. Mm -hmm. So what worked for them when they were 30 is not going to work for me at 30. Right. Um, So it's ultimately it's like who do I ask for advice or life this or life that um a lot of my girlfriend's friends like 
their husbands make a lot more money or they're older or this and that. So it's like you're just trying to piece life together and figure out what's going to work for you or what's going to accommodate what you're looking to achieve. So kind of long-winded, kind of off-topic, but it's like ultimately that's what I'm trying to do with this whole traveling project is yeah. figure out what I want to do to establish myself for the next five, ten, however many years. Yeah, you're looking forward. And uh, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to open up about it because, you know, it's it's a little bit personable to even talk about. So it's... Yeah, yeah, like it sounds a little corny or whatever, but it's like I can't be the only one doing this. Like there has to be other people that are going through something similar or trying to figure out the same things or people that might not be there yet but it's coming you know it's coming yeah. like you have to figure it out eventually yeah one way or another yeah it seems like the vast majority of people that i listen to the insight that they have to offer about their lives or what they did like really doesn't apply to me or they had different resources at their disposal so i'm always looking for advice from somebody that's similar to me and my girlfriend and what they did at a similar time that's applicable to my life mm -hmm. so you know yeah on the deeper end on the heavier end it's like hey if, you know what works i'm always looking for advice always looking for insight yeah speaking of advice and insight to bring this back to the bmx end of things do you have any advice for other other bmx travelers that might want to get down on something oh yeah and, and do yeah, something definitely. similar I, like depending on where you're at in life like if you're late teens early 20s whatever get out there start practicing like practice traveling like right if you have a skate park you want to go to or you have something you want to see start out with weekend trips and when you kind of dial in weekend trips and you figure out what works for you whether it's sleeping in your car or camping or staying with a friend start doing it just do weekend trips and then kind of work towards like week trips if you can pull that off like i don't know how much money everybody always has at their disposal but fly somewhere leave the country one of the best things i ever did was i went to iceland um i don't know i guess it was like five or six years ago and just getting that culture shock of something so different like everybody needs to experience that get outside of the u.s see something else and it's just going to open your eyes so much um mm -hmm. like i did canada before that and canada was like cool but it was so similar to the northeast so it was like i appreciated that cultural insight but it didn't feel that different so mm -hmm. if you can get out of the country and you can do something else do it go um without sounding too cliche or whatever like I don't know, work's always going to work itself out, like your family's always going to be there, just do it, figure it out, start small, and just keep adding, and if you can drive cross-country, do it, that was another thing that was so monumental, and just expanding my horizons, seeing what else was out there, seeing everything, you know, mm -hmm. deserts, the west coast, whatever, the whole if you can do that, yeah. yeah, yeah, if you can do that, and you can experience that at any age, it's just going to help you in life and it's just going to help you in your perspective of things and how you view where you at or where you're at and what you want to accomplish. So yeah, just do it. And to touch on that, uh, maybe this is unrelated, but like I listen to a lot of uh, comedy 
podcast and people that mm-hmm. they like are traveling and doing gigs like every weekend and they'll, they're mm-hmm. like live in cali but then they're gonna go on tour and they you know they go to this this state that state this state and they're comedians so they're literally trying to schmooze with the local folk yeah and i feel like yeah. those people have to be some of the most in tune people in the country yeah you know, definitely they they see everything then like yeah they're not at the skate park seeing how weird it can get maybe but you know yeah yeah if i could kind of like expand on that a little bit i would say branch out from the metropolitan areas because Mm -hmm. if you go to the major city of everywhere yes you're going to experience different things but ultimately major cities are so similar you just have that metropolitan uh, mindset like get outside of the city see see the beach area see the redneck area you know see whatever um that's in between the cities and that's going to be a more uh what would be the word because you have a diverse city and then you kind of have a more specific realm in different areas outside of that yeah i i'm i think i can see what you're saying there because uh i just got back from pittsburgh yesterday and it's been a long time since I've been out there. I've only been out there like four or five times, you know. I think I was with you like three of those times. <laughs> yeah. And I was driving my I was driving by myself this time, so mm-hmm. I, I didn't re- I didn't rely on Lawhead, you know, driving out <laughs> there or whatever. Yeah. So like, and the weirdest part was like it felt so much like Harrisburg and Philly. Like, you got this, you know, this bridge, this body of water that the city's kind of based around. This, that, and the third. Yeah. But yep. then I went to go leave, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" It got scary because it was. It felt just like Philly, like, like crazy, kind of like '76. People are going fast, zooming past and shit like that. But like with elevation, like I yeah yeah with hills yeah that's funny. I know what you mean. Like you could fuck around and accidentally go the wrong way up a ramp if you're really not paying attention. Like it's not very obvious how those roads go, but yeah. But for the most part, it felt like like a Philly or a Harrisburg like Harrisburg's definitely like a penis wrinkle on the map of things but like <laughs> yeah. the city the city vibe with the with the water it was like Philly and Harrisburg mixed you know with more hills yeah yeah exactly it's like you have the city set right there but you go over the hill and you're in the wilderness mm-hmm. um Pittsburgh yeah I, I've been a few places you know I've kind of traveled around a little bit in Pittsburgh I think it's just Maybe I'm biased from being from PA, but Pittsburgh's always going to be one of my favorite cities by far. Just always have nothing but a good time there. You know, good people, tons to do. Just seems like the people have a good mindset. Um, like like I said earlier, like we like my girlfriend and I have talked about. It. If we go back to PA, like maybe we'll settle, settle in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. for the sake of being close to my family. Um, so your yeah, family lives there now. So my dad's family is from Pittsburgh, so they're all out there. But then my dad and my mom and my mom's side are in uh, – they're in Chester County. They're on like the western side of Chester County, so Lancaster. Yeah. So my mom's family is from Lancaster. You know where that is. Yeah. And then my dad's family is from Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So pretty much all Pennsylvania. Wow. Damn. So I wonder if they settled in. Did they settle in Coastville as just kind of like an in-between hub? Um. So, my mom was born and raised in Lancaster, and then my dad was from Pittsburgh. He got a job in Maryland 
when he got done school mm-hmm. and oh man I, I should know their their life story and I should know why but uh, I think it was some aspect of his job he wound up I think in Exton or I think he was in Lancaster for a bit but um they met through that so wow. yeah just still like the bottom half of Pennsylvania yeah you uh you asked me to think about like what I learned so far and yeah. two of the things that like we didn't quite uh harp on a big motivation for leaving PA dude the summers like I just can't do them I like it's fucking rough I'm, comfort- I'm I'm legitimately comfortable at like 40 to 50 degrees <laughs> so to have these summers like what you guys are having right now in the 90s with 90% humidity and all the rain and the flooding and all that dude I just can't I can't do it anymore and like I don't even work outside anymore <laughs> back when I worked outside I would get home every day and my clothes would be completely soaked just all the way through I would wake up the next day I would put the same wet shorts back oh, on no. and I would just be like summer is the fucking worst I just I, you know, I love being outside. I don't like wearing gloves when I ride. I don't like being soaked. I don't like my boxers being wet. Like <laughs> the the PA summer is just brutal, dude. The humidity and the heat. Um, yeah, that's a big part of wanting to leave. Cause I I swear we barely have fall anymore, and it seems like winter goes from like this chilly thirty degrees to boom, it's raining in seventy boom it's 90 degrees and then it's 90 degrees for like three to four months and <laughs> i just i'm not built for it you know i don't know I'm, yeah. i don't know i'm short and stocky and pale and it's like i don't like being in full sun i get sunburned like i just yeah i don't know just, you like being I've outside years doing like, that yeah um what was the other thing so um I never worked from home until we left for this trip. And I realized real fast, like being in a different time zone makes it rough because I'm still on East coast time. So when it's eight o'clock at home, I got to be working. So with Portland being three hours behind, I literally like get out of bed at five o'clock, start the coffee maker and sit down on my laptop. And, and then we have like, we have an office meeting every day where everybody gets on essentially a Skype call and you have like your meeting for the day at, at nine o'clock at home. So I have to wake up between five and six and I got to be going, mm-hmm. you know, I got to be awake. I got to be on. And, uh, that's, it's tough not having your morning routine. Like when I was at home, I would set my alarm for one time. I would let it go off. I'd kind of lay in bed for like 10 or 15 minutes and then I'd get up, I'd get dressed at my own pace. I'd go downstairs, I'd make my lunch, I'd make coffee, I'd kind of like goof around a little, and then I would get in my car, and I would drive for a half hour, or 45 minutes, whatever, and it was like you had all that time to wake up, kind of get some fresh air, get some sunlight, let your coffee kick in, and then you got to your workplace that mentally was somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So your workplace wasn't in your house. Um, so I don't know how many other people work from home or if they experience the whole thing or the same thing, but to not have that amount of transition time to let your brain work, like wake up and get into work mode. No, that's more so that's more because of the time difference than anything though. Well that, and two, I mean, imagine if you were at your house and even if you didn't have a different time zone, imagine if you never left and you just walked from like your bedroom to the kitchen to your office and then you had to start working 
I don't know, like... That's kind of what I do every morning. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really know how to convey it, but it's like your brain just gets put in a different place when it goes through the routine Mm -hmm. of getting ready, drinking your coffee, driving, and arriving at work. Yeah, because you're exiting your home and you're kind of... Yeah, yeah, work. you're you're just in a different environment where now when your workplace is also your home, there you don't have that time for, well, you don't quite decompress at right. the end of the day, yeah. or you don't kind of, I don't know, it, it it could just be the time zone. Like I'm curious to see how it is when I'm in Michigan, back on PA time. Right. Um, when I have that amount of time in the morning, you know, if I wake up at six. I have two hours to acclimate back to eight o'clock. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just a pussy. Like, I don't know. Maybe I just, but I'm trying to like convey it for anybody else that's experiencing anything like that or knows what I'm trying to convey. It is a weird concept to get used to not leaving your home to go to work. I mean, it's, it's an important point to make because some people may be able to work remotely and be able to just get the work done when they can get it done. Or email them back whenever they email them back, and do yeah, it that you're exactly way. right. Yeah, they're just working from home. Um, I still have to operate on the East Coast, eight to five. You have to keep up with and them. be avi- Yeah, I still have to be available that whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's not bad. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's something I've noticed and something I'm trying to acclimate to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're only coming closer back to PA upon new travel, so the time difference will get less and less. Exactly, yeah. Portland's going to have the biggest three-hour time difference, but from here on, I'll have two hours or less. Mm-hmm. So That's not too bad. Yeah. Decent. And I mean, really, at home, I woke up at 6 anyway. Like, by the time I got up, did all my shit, got to work, I was already up at 6. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, it's not like I can't wake up early. I'm fine with that. It's just actually having your brain be able to answer emails and take phone calls and look at spreadsheets and, you know, do all that stuff yeah. right at, right out of bed. Um, yeah. So that's just been interesting. Damn. Well, hell yeah, man. Anything else? I think, I think we covered everything I wanted to cover. You know, if you have the chance, if your lease is up or you can make it work, like, go travel whatever you can do um i'm like i'm like kind of envious of some of these guys i see on instagram that are doing the van life thing and Mm -hmm. i'm like that's fucking sweet that's so sweet to be not locked down to a nine to five like in an office like all that like just that many fewer things to worry about like that's that's doing it that's cool i like to think that what i'm doing is in kind of an a medium of mm. an at-home life, nine to five, house, all that crap, yeah. but also still traveling and getting to see new things as well. It works for me. Everybody's yeah. different, you know. Whatever you can make work for yourself, or whatever you can do to get out there, even if it's just taking three-day long weekend trips to go see new things. Like, do it. Yeah. You always see all kinds of like cliche Instagram posts of like. You know, oh, when when somebody's on their deathbed, they don't talk about this, they don't talk about that, they talk about what they should have done, and it's like, yeah, do that, you know. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. exactly. I don't, you know, and like corny stuff too. Like, don't listen to your parents. Like, just go do it because what worked thirty years ago, what worked twenty or even ten years ago, 
isn't applicable to a millennial. Like, it's just not. You know, I was born in the 90s, graduated college whenever. Like, life's different now. Things are different. You have different bills. You have different things you take into consideration. And, like, your parents try to help you. They try to, like, instill all these values and, like, convey all this knowledge. But ultimately, they can't relate. You can't relate to somebody 30 years younger than you. Do your own thing. Figure it out. Like, you're going to fuck up. You're going to waste money. You're going to get hurt. You're going to do this, that. Whatever classroom motivational poster I can quote right now, you know, just do it. Like, it's (laughs) – you're not going to lose from it. Like, you might be financially or, like, materialistically in a rougher place than you were, but mentally you'll have learned something. You'll have seen stuff. So just do it. Yeah. I'm going to listen to this afterwards, like when you actually do the final cut, and I'll be like, what the fuck was I talking about? Like, what was I rambling about? <laughs> like, Matt, Matt, shut up. What are you talking about? <laughs> the time signatures help a bunch. Um, you definitely gave me yeah, the travel are... bug. Um, I just, I'm just so envious of just being able to get out there and do stuff like that. Like, I just, I don't know. I've been crazy busy and crazy broke. Basically, as soon as I got the, my car and braces, I was just like, well, there goes all that expect extra cash I just acquired <laughs> yeah and you know it it's ultimately it, it, it is expensive to invest in like camping stuff mm-hmm. but on the bright side once you have it yeah. it's gonna last 10 10 plus years it's an investment so anyway. you you might not have a vehicle that you can sleep in but if you buy the tent if you buy the sleeping bag all that you can set that shit up anywhere you know you get a you get a campsite it's 15 bucks a night you pull up in your car, you set up your tent, you sleep there. There's campsites everywhere. You know, Wait every state has plenty, and you can make it work once you have the stuff. Dude, there's plenty of places that rent like little KOA cabins, mm-hmm. like little tiny, not an Adirondack style, but like a little cabin that's essentially one room. You have a bunk bed in there. Like, it's still cheaper than a moat. You know, even if a motel is on your radar, you know, if you can afford to do that just yeah. for the sake of traveling man my phone was sitting up fine before i don't know what i did um if you can make that happen it's just it's just a place to sleep if you have yeah. a car you can sleep in every walmart is technically a campground you can park for the <laughs> night it's not weird like we so we park in walmarts and by the time we wake up in the morning there's so many like van life fans and rvs around us every single time really yep i mean and i'm i'm talking a dozen sleeping vehicles all around us every time we park have you i get i i thought of a quick uh extra question bonus question for anybody that's listening this long into it um have you encountered any shady characters where you were worried that might that they might try and, and break into the van or just look like they might do something shady that while you're trying to like judge? so I'm trying to think of the most concise way to say this. Like you and I both grew up on the East coast. We grew up outside of Philly. If you have Philly street smarts and you see what you see in Philly and you can still be intelligent about like your movements and what you do, nothing in a Walmart parking lot anywhere in the country is going to bother you. Mm -hmm. Um, dude, I, I have a big ass machete in my van. Like, yeah, it's it's for landscaping riding spots, but it's like, I still have a big machete in my van. Like, and again, too, we're inside a locked vehicle with an alarm. We have a dog, like, um, 
I would also never be scared to be in a tent. I don't know, like... What about, like, leaving your van parked maybe while you go in somewhere while it's all so, loaded full of shit? So, yeah, okay, that... I'm glad you... I'm kind of glad you brought that up. Like, when I'm traveling on this trip, I have my whole life in my van. Yeah. You know, I have all my camera stuff. I have my work laptop. I have my bicycle. I have all my girlfriend's uh, work stuff. The, the only thing I wouldn't totally feel comfortable is, like, parking somewhere to go hike for, like, five hours where there aren't a lot of other cars. Yeah. Um, and I have my clamshell on top of my van, but up there I have my bike. I have uh, tools. I have camping chairs. I have the dog crate. Ultimately, if, if somebody really stole that, like, I would hope I have a homie somewhere or a couple homies that, like, if I said, hey, my bike got stolen, I can make something work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have anything up there that's incredibly valuable. Um, I don't know. You know, I have curtains in my van. I don't think yeah, you got some... van. Yeah, yeah, you've seen the curtains. I don't, <laughs> I don't think it stands out that hard that somebody would really feel that it was worth it to break a window with the alarm going off and take stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I'm, I'm super good about anytime we park anywhere, I put my GPS away. Like my girlfriend, it's not like she's like leaving her purse on the seat. Like, yeah, you we gotta put away any, yeah, we put away anything in the front that would draw anybody's attention. So I don't know. I like to think that we're not any more appealing looking than all the vehicles around us. Right. Just kind of blend in. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my two cents. I I think we're fine. Cool. Damn. Well, uh, I think we should do another one uh, next month when you get to the next location. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. I mean, it was cool to cover like Utah and like kind of check that off the list, and then mm. check like the overall trip concept off mm. the list. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm psyched for Boise. You know, I'll let you know what my two cents is. I think I already have a pretty good handle on Portland. I can answer all kinds of questions think i talked i think i talked about it pretty thoroughly um michigan's gonna be the interesting one like i keep bugging you guys you guys better come visit. like <laughs> i swear like make shallow drive make ishan drive whoever yeah like i said we have somewhere for you guys to sleep like i'm hoping i can be a tour guide like that'd be cool as i'm hoping it works out that'll be the closest location to home you know like i miss you guys like I miss, you know, i've been riding by myself oh shit so hold on. So that's something we didn't really talk about. Yeah. Um, maybe you can like chop this in somewhere else. Yeah. So riding by yourself at a skate park, you really have to be self-motivating and get into like, like for me, it's not quite doing cool stuff. It's almost more like training. Like I'm trying to stay in shape. Like when I go to the skate park, I'm trying to keep my tricks on lock. I'm trying to stay in shape. I'm trying to keep the cobwebs off. And then uh, riding streets interesting because, like I said, I use that app, that Skate Spots app. Yeah. So I kind of – I go on there. I pick out some spots that look interesting. And then anytime my girl and I are driving around, I'm LFSing nonstop. Like, <laughs> I'm always looking around. Like I stop. I take pictures. And I figured out that the best way to document my riding when I'm by myself is I set up my GoPro. Mm-hmm. Um, I have – the seven or whatever it is, the seven black, whatever the new one is, it was just on sale. So I finally broke down and got one. But, um, 
you put that bad boy down, like I have my little tripod, you set it up, it gets the whole spot in the frame. And then the newest GoPro has a, an amazing screenshot uh, option. Mm-hmm. So I just turn it on, you know, it's on film. I get my clip and then I go back and I screenshot whatever I was doing. And you saw the stuff, too. Yeah. They're crispy. You know, they Perfect. look amazing. I think BK does the same thing. I think he sets up a GoPro, or maybe it's his phone with a fisheye on it, yeah. but films itself, himself the same way. Um, and that's what I've been doing. It's been it's been kind of interesting because I've had to choose setups that look good with the GoPro on a tripod the way it is. Yeah. Um, like, do you remember that clip I sent of me doing that nose jam 180 out one or 180 over the curb? Yeah. The screenshot of that does not look cool. Like, <laughs> it was hard, and I'm psyched on the clip, but ultimately, when you look at the screenshot, it just wasn't a good angle mm-hmm. to encompass the whole clip. So, like, I'm not going to post that on Instagram. Like, that was kind of a bummer to not get that screenshot, but I still got a clip. You know, I did it by myself. Yeah. Um, the thing that's nice about the GoPro on the tripod is it's little. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like you have some big camera set up on a tripod. I really have my uh, – it's a Gorillapod that I got from my phone. I think it's like four inches high. It has the Gorillapod balls. Yeah. And then I stick the GoPro on top. So it's pretty low-key. It's set up at like the bottom of a spot, and it's me doing my thing. So that's what I've done to make it work for documenting my riding – since I've been on the road. Hell yeah. I, uh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, hell yeah. That, um, I, I'm, I think we should put those clips into it, make a little, a law head piece. I, I keep sending you guys everything. So it's like, hopefully somebody's stacking to do something eventually. Yeah. I'll start um, putting them into a folder. Yeah. I was going to add that, um, in, in Utah, when I first started out there, I tried giving my girlfriend my picture camera and like, <laughs> positioning her with the fish and like trying to convey when the trick was being done but you know when you have no real concept of BMX when you don't really know when the trick is taking place and then when you're not even totally comfortable with the weirdness of a fisheye it's just really difficult mm-hmm. dude I mean like imagine just the average person picking up a fisheye camera and saying take this BMX BMX picture. Yeah. Like it, it just doesn't work. So like I tried that for the first couple things that I wanted to document and it just like the timing was hard or like the framing was weird. <laughs> and that that's ultimately what made me rely on the GoPro because I could set that up. I could go back, I could do the screenshot and it just let me have more control of it. So if you're on the road and you're trying to document your BMX activity, like, the next step above your phone, it's nice having a fisheye, like do the GoPro, invest the money for what you get. They're amazingly priced. I, you know, totally worth the, worth the investment. Do it. Yeah. Another like long winded rant of mine, you know, it's like, I'm trying, you can't just like, it's hard to, to want to say so many things, but say them without a long roundabout way. But it's like, I'm kind of nerdy. So I want to know, Right. Yeah. You everything. Want... I want to know everything about something. Yeah. So I try to give this long, um, descriptive rant about how something works, and you know the 
some somebody might think that's like long-winded or think like Matt, like shut up, like why are you talking so much? But that's what I would want to know because yeah. if I don't find that out, I'm going back and I'm saying, well, what did you do or how that works? So it's like kind of in my head with these podcasts that we do, it's like I want to convey something that's actually going to be helpful hmm. or be insightful for somebody else that's possibly thinking about doing this. Yeah. So might sound a little long-winded, but also trying to encompass everything yeah you're breaking it down to the nuts and bolts and anybody interested is probably going to want to know that you know yeah 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 well oh yeah man uh, what time is it there right now it's still pretty early so it's only like four something there uh 523 damn it's like eight something here yeah 823 yes dude it's sweet i I pretty much get done work at, I guess, two o'clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, my girlfriend works till three, and then we pretty much have the rest of the day to go do stuff. So, oh, that's cool. That's yeah. That that compensates for getting out of bed at five o'clock and sitting right down at my laptop. Yeah. So yeah, that's nice. Hell yeah, man. Well, tell her I said what's up, and uh, yeah, maybe she can pop in on the next one for a, a couple questions. <laughs> Oh, dude, that would be interesting. Yeah, it's like you have, you have my insight and my point of view, and she'd be like, no, 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 this is how it really is. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's wrong. Like, yeah. You know, that would be funny. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, anything else you want to say? Man, I think I think we covered everything. I'm sure if we do another one of these in a month, I'll have just as much more to say. Yeah. I can... Hopefully people are interested. Hopefully people... We, you know, we didn't ramble that long. I think we're only at an hour and forty-five minutes. So yeah, we did good. Not too, not too bad. And now I get cut down a little bit too. I'm sure. Yep. Cool. All right, man. Well, uh, right. everybody can follow you on M Lawhead on Instagram. Yep. That's all I have. Don't do the Twitter. Don't do the Snapchat. None of that. None of that stuff. That what's that? Generation Z? I can't keep up, dude. I can't. <laughs> I can't do that. All I have is Instagram. No, no Facebook. It's you too can, much. It's too you, difficult. You can have an Instagram without a Facebook. Yeah, yeah, oh, dude. Shit. I, I, I don't have Facebook. I just, I got to a point where I was like, this is so boring. Like, I'm not learning from this. Like, yeah. I don't want to see 15 pictures of your newborn baby. Like, I don't care. Like, yeah, I'm ready know, to delete mine. <laughs> I think I got rid of my Facebook like a solid four years ago and wow. just haven't missed it at all. Yeah, I don't even go on mine, so people are probably seeing shit and I don't even know. It, it was weird when all of your family members got Facebook. It's yeah. like, okay, like, do I accept my aunt? Like, is it weird that my mom follows me? Like, I don't know. I just wasn't into that. Like, okay, my grandma got Facebook it's time for me to be out of here like <laughs> just wasn't into it yeah good point alright man well uh, you have a good rest of your day I'm sure I'll, I'll talk to you in the group chat I'll see you in the group chat yeah I know I know I'm like the main one keeping it going I like <laughs> offer the most stuff like I'm always on there I'm like guys I miss you <laughs> <laughs> that's what keeps it fun though for me too yeah, yeah. All right, man. All right, man. We'll do another one. Have fun. Yeah, you too. Peace. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. It was really cool to hear the little bit of insights we got from Lawhead so far. I look forward to hearing the next one in a couple weeks. Yeah, it's 
sounds pretty wild. Um, if you could live anywhere, if you could taste test the country, what five states would you pick? Um, kind of seems crazy. Natural disasters, riots, all kinds of dumb shit happening everywhere. And I, as much as I used to really want to leave the East Coast, now I'm kind of psyched on Pennsylvania at the moment. <laughs> I can definitely agree, though, with, with Lawhead that these muggy summers fucking suck. Like, when sweat is just running down your face, I can't concentrate on bike riding or nothing. Like, can't concentrate on even cutting the grass, you know? So, it's a little rough when it comes to that. But, um, that's it for today. That's all I got. I gotta go, I gotta make more stuff. Um, I'm gonna be making some things for the Grindworks Jam coming up Saturday, HCS Skate Park, high noon, be there. Um, I'm gonna be bringing some stuff. I might post about it online, but it will not be available online. Um, my idea here is I have some new shit I'm gonna be dropping. I'm gonna drop it at the jam, so if you come to the jam, you'll be the first person to see some new shit that's not available yet. Um, you might get a sneak peek of it. So if you don't come to the jam, you'll at least see what see a little bit of what you're missing out on. But um, but that's not the main reason to come to the jam. The main reason is to come and have a good time, ride some creations that Derek Nelson made, possibly another vehicle with transition up to it. I know that was the favorite, my favorite thing. So. Yeah, I look forward to the jam. Everybody's seeing everybody there. So, uh, yeah, I'll see you guys next week if I don't see you at the jam. Take it easy. Peace.